Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. How we do in the Block Church? I'm so honored to be with you guys today. As Pastor Joey just mentioned, my name is Stevie Flockhart. I'm the lead pastor of 901 Church in Memphis, Tennessee, the home of the blues, the birthplace of rock and roll, Soul City. Uh, but I am so grateful and so honored to be here in Philadelphia at all our locations today. Can we just give it up for all locations today? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to honor and give honor where honor is due. And so I have known your pastors for about four years now, uh, have a great story of how we met. We'll tell you that at another time. But I do know this. We are experiencing some unbelievable things, as he's just mentioned, down at the 901. We've seen over 700 people saved in the last three and a half years. 400 people baptized, just got named, all glory to God, one of the fastest growing churches in America. So we give God all the glory. But some people have spoken into my life. Some people have helped us uh, obtain and to see what we've seen to this day. And your pastors are some of those people. So I just want to say thank you. Can we just honor your pastors today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. It really is. Uh, I asked Pastor Joey, I, I texted him about three years ago and I said, I want to preach at the block church. And he said, man, I'm with you, but you're just not ready yet. I said, all right, so about a year went by and I called him on the phone. I said, this is it, this is the time, right? I'm coming to Philly. He said, man, you're just not ready yet. I said, all right, so last summer, I said, you know, what about, he's like, ah, oh, with COVID, I just don't know. You know, you're just not ready yet. I started questioning myself, my security. I said, I don't know. I called him about three months ago and I said, Pastor Joey, I'm ready to come. Listen, I'll come for free and I'll take care of all my expenses. And he said, now you're ready to come to the block, you know? I did make that story up, but I am so grateful to be here today. And I have an assignment today. I believe that God gave me a word, a specific word for the Block Church about three or four weeks ago. And so if you would go with me to Exodus chapter 14, a familiar passage that every single one of us have probably heard one time or another, churched or unchurched in our life. But I don't want you to let the familiarity of this passage rob you of its incredible truth that it has today. This is what it says. Then the Lord said, said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and the chariots and the horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen and into the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Look at it, not one of them survived. I wanted to say, if you are doing things God's way, not one of your enemies will survive. Listen, he says that the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper, so stand firm and do things his way. He says the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground though, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, say that day. 
you gotta remember that. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and his servant Moses. I believe my assignment today for the Block Church is to talk about boring blessings. Uh, I believe some people listening today, listening right now, are experiencing some blessings in your life and you don't even know that they're blessings. Our perspective is such a powerful thing. If we can change the way we see, sometimes what we see doesn't affect us the way that it used to. And so there are some boring blessings in the house. I believe there are some people that are gonna uh, receive uh, some blessings today. Some people are gonna experience some blessings today that they didn't even know they were waiting for. So what I want you to do is tell the person next to you, you are so boring. Just tell them, come on, come on, tell them. You need to, come on, tell them, you're so boring. But then, then, then be nice, say, but you're also a blessing. Tell them, you're a blessing. In Exodus chapter 14, we see this incredible moment unfold with Moses and the children of Israel. Many of us know this story or we've heard this story. And so we all love the parting of the Red Sea. Is it true? We all love the parting of the Red Sea. We all want the miracles and the blessings. We all desire the promotion or the raise. Everybody wants a better marriage, a healthier marriage. Everybody wants good kids. I said, everybody wants good kids. Every single one of us desires to be better. All of us desire to succeed. And please don't tell me you don't wanna succeed and please don't tell me you're too spiritual to talk about success because this is what success is, the accomplishment of a purpose. Every one of us desires to accomplish the purpose that is set out for us. Some of you might be struggling with your purpose today, but I can promise you this, when you find out what it is, I can promise you that you want to accomplish it. You wanna live it out. And so everybody wants to experience success, experience promotion. Everybody wants to be blessed. However, not everyone is willing to do what's necessary to accomplish that purpose. Everybody wants the blessing, but not everybody wants to do the boring part. Everybody wants to receive the favor, but not everybody wants to do what it takes in order to receive that favor. Not everyone is just willing to start. Come on now. Not everyone is just willing to say, listen, I wanna start, and not everybody wants to start small. There is somebody here today, you just need to start. You need to join a group today. You need to start serving today. You need to start being generous and start giving today or increase your giving today. Today's the day. You need to start your diet tomorrow. I mean, you can't start a diet. You, know, you gotta have that last cheat meal in order to celebrate all you do. You, know, you gotta start it tomorrow, right? You gotta do the hard things. It's hard to start, but here's what I've discovered over the last several years. It's difficult to start, but the hardest part is doing it consistently. The hardest part is doing it when nobody else is looking. Doing it when the newness has worn off. That's why you will go to the gym in January or February and you can't get on a treadmill. And then August or September, you walking in, it's just you at the gym, right? When the newness has worn off. Do it when it's boring. Do it when you don't necessarily see the blessing yet. I wonder how many people have missed out on a blessing 
because it was boring. I wonder how many people have missed out or didn't see or realize they were being blessed because it was not the way that they thought they needed to be blessed. Did you know his ways are higher than our ways? And so he might, be, he might have something in store for you that you didn't know he had in store for you, but if you do it his way, not an enemy can defeat you that the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. You can walk through the sea on dry ground, but you have to change your perspective. You gotta do the boring things. The boring part of the blessing, I believe, is the most important part. Come on, listen. Before the parting of the Red Sea, there was the desert. Before the dry ground, there were the, the waves crashing. Before the celebration, there was fear and there was doubt. Did you know that before the Super Bowl, there were 18 games? Come on, 2018, Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I'm just trying to be, become all things for all people. Yeah, yeah. Before the Super Bowl, there's 18 games. Before 18 games, there was practice. Practice. But we're talk, we talking about practice? We're talking about, yes, there was practice. And before there was practice, there was game film. And before there was game film, there were coaches meetings. And before there were coaches meetings, there was scouting meetings. And before there were those meetings, there were other, do you see what I'm saying? Before the blessing, there was the boredom. Are you willing to do the boring things? And so we read that, watch, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and his servant Moses. That's great. That's wonderful, but before the people put their fear and their trust in the Lord and his servant Moses, watch this, they didn't. They hadn't. Moses, one of, if not the most revered figures in all the Bible, especially the Old Testament, he is the leader of the children of Israel. This is the man who spoke so boldly to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. This is the one who was the, the sea parter. He was the face-to-face -face God talker. He was the, the commandment tablet carrier. He was the deliverer. But before he was any of those things, watch, this is my sermon, this is my message. Before he was any of those things, he was just Moses. Quick biography of Moses. He was born a Hebrew. Some of you know the story. His mom wanted to save his life, so she hid him in some bushes around the, the river, and then the uh, Pharaoh's daughter goes and puts him in the palace, and so now he's raised as an Egyptian prince, and so he's raised in the palace, but he always knew something wasn't right, you know, so one day he sees one of his people getting uh, beaten, getting flogged. And so he steps in and does something about it. And so he actually murders, he kills an Egyptian soldier. And so he takes off to the desert. And that's where we find him here today, where our story picks up. It's the story before the story. Because I hope you know too, there's always a story behind the glory. There's always the boredom before the blessing. And so it's been 40 years and Moses is in the desert. He's been married. Uh, he's working for his father-in-law. He's got a really, really good tan. He's been chilling in the desert for 40 years. And this is what takes place. He's working for his father-in-law, Jethro, not the hillbilly, you know, talking about the priest, you know, in Midian. But here's what it says. Now Moses was tending the flock for Jethro, his father-in-law. Don't forget it. The priest of Midian. 
He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that even though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, like kind of like a crazy person would watch, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. Moses is, at first glance at least, he's the person in the movie that every single one of us are like, yo, bro, don't go there. No, you heard the noise outside. Here's what you do. Hide under your bed and call 911. Don't go out there with no defense, no web, just like, I wonder what that was. No, you die in the movie. And so Moses, he's that at first glance. But listen, he wants to see this strange sight, it says. Now, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses says, you know, who is, please don't kill, whoever it is, don't kill me. Moses said, here am I. But God said, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Holy means different. Holy means set apart. God says the place in which you are standing right now is different from any place you've ever stood in your life. And not because of where you're standing, but because of who is standing with you. I need somebody right now to be excited and clap your hands if you know that God is with you, regardless of where you've been, where you're standing. If you're standing with him, you're standing where you need to be. He says you're standing on holy ground. He says, I want to remind you that it might not be easy, but you need to stand. He says, I want, to, I want to remind you that even when you feel like it's not working out, you need to stand. I want to remind you that even when you're thinking about signing divorce papers, that perhaps you just need to stand. When you might uh, start wondering, do, do I even need to pray for my kid anymore? Because it's been four years and they're still doing their own thing. You need to stand on the promises of God and say, I'm, I'm believing and I'm trusting God, even when it doesn't make sense, even when I don't see it, I know you're working. Stand, 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 take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, he's scared because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Watch, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So, God says, I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The cry of my people, God says, the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Can you see Moses now? Can you hear Moses now? God, this is great news. God, this is good. I've heard about that promise and I just want you to know, Lord, I'm in a, I receive it and I want you to make it happen. God, I want you to deliver the children of Israel. And God says, oh, I'm going to, but there's a part of it that you might not like. There's a part of it that you're gonna have to play that you might be fearful of. You might have your doubts and your insecurities, but I want it to happen. But there are some things that you need to do first in order for that deliverance to take place. 
You see, it's easy to get excited about the blessings of God. Come on, is it easy? And we should get excited about the blessings of God. But a lot of our issues, a lot of our insecurities rise up when God tells us how he wants to bless us. What it's going to take to receive that blessing. What it's going to cost. God, I can't wait for it. And God, I can't wait for you to do it. And then God says, well, this is, gonna, this is what it's gonna cost. And we go, well, hold on now. That wasn't the plan. And God says, no, that was your plan. I love the story of Mike Tyson. You know, it's his late 90s. He's about to fight. I can't remember who was fighting, but the, the opponent was talking about how he's got a plan to face Mike Tyson, how he's got a plan for six months. He's been watching film and he's ready and he's gonna destroy Mike Tyson. And so they interview Mike Tyson and they said, what do you think about his plan? And Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> we all got a plan until we get, but you ever been punched in the face by God? Come on. I'm talking about like a good, good father who says, no, 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 you don't wanna go there because I can see some things that you don't see. And I want what's best for you. And so Moses says, listen, I'm excited. But God says, so now go. Moses says, what do you, what you mean go? God says, no, go. He says, no, I heard you. I'm talking about what you, you said to stay. Listen, I'm standing on holy ground, Lord. I'm standing on holy ground. God said, no, stop singing and go, go. <laughs> The Lord says, go, watch, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. What? God, are you crazy? I thought you were gonna do like a magic trick or something. Thought you were gonna snap your fingers and just make it happen. You said you were gonna bless my life. You said you were gonna heal my marriage. You said you were gonna take care of my children. You said you were gonna restore that relationship. You said you were gonna revive every block. And God says, yes, I am. I'm sending you to do it though. He says, I've got something in store for you. I am, but you need to go. I'm the only one that can make it happen. I'm sending you to be a part of watching it happen experiencing it happen. It's the boring part of the blessing. And do not get me wrong. I don't mean like you're bored with your uh, feet kicked. I'm talking about the things that we might not necessarily see in the moment that's preparing us for the great breakthrough and blessing that God wants us to experience. The Lord says, I am, but I'm sending you. And so Moses said to God, like I have so many times, like you have so many times, like we do. Watch this, watch this. Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God, have you met me? God, do you know what I've done? God, do you know the baggage that I'm carrying around? Do you know I'm in exile? Listen, Moses said, God, don't tell anybody. Okay, Lord, like, I killed a guy, I murdered someone, and then I ran and I hid. So you must have the wrong person. Who am I? Do you ever feel inadequate? Do you ever feel uneducated? Do you ever feel like, God, there must be somebody else that's got a little more experience than I have. 
There must be somebody more talented. Must be somebody that has not been through divorces. Must be somebody who hasn't been on drugs. Must be somebody who hasn't made mistakes. And God says, I am. As long as I am with you, you've got all that you need. If I'm your hope, if I'm your source, if I'm your foundation, he says, I am. And Moses says, who am I that I should go? And God said, I know how you feel. I know you're scared. I know you're discouraged. But he says, I will be with you. What a word for someone today. God, I can't. Oh, no, you can. How? God says, because I will be with you. And he says, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. He says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? I was like, okay, cool. You know, you're with me. That's great, man. That's exciting. But what happens when they start asking me the questions? What, start, what happens when they start uh, uh, wondering about my credentials, asking for my resume? What do I say then? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you were to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This is just what that means. He says, I am whatever you need me to be whenever you need me to be it. You let them know, God, whatever is needed in the moment, that's what God is. Whoever you need by your side in the moment, that's where God is. Whatever lack of faith, lack of experience, lack of education you have in that moment, God says, I fill it up because if you've got my spirit, you've got freedom. And where freedom, that's where the Lord is. And he says, that's who you to say who it is. God also said to Moses, God's not finished. Can we try to shut God up sometimes? Like, no, I got more. It's like, Lord, I thought I was gonna go. I was gonna tell Pharaoh. You told me to tell, like, and you got more. He says, yes, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call, listen, on me from generation to generation. He says, Moses, what I'm doing through you is greater than anything you could ever imagine. He says, Moses, what I'm doing through you is not just going to deliver you and your family. It's gonna deliver your family and your children and their children and their children. I hope you know the block church that what God is doing through you and this church is not just for the generation you're reaching. You're gonna have generations impacted, children and children and children. Decades from now, people are gonna be different. Maybe generations from now and say, I am where I am today because the block church existed and revived my block. Don't give up, don't stop. He says, generations are gonna be impacted. So I know that you might not wanna do some things. I know that it's hard, but God says, I'm gonna need you to do some things in your life. I'm gonna need you to give up some things in your life. I'm gonna need you to change some things in your life in order for this deliverance to take place. You see, Moses had no problem with what God said would be the result. He has no problem. What he was worried about was the cost. What, what, what Moses was worried about was the process. And what you need to understand is that process is what makes you who you need to be. The process is what shapes you and refines you 
to be who you need to be. God says, yeah, I know you might not be ready today. I'm gonna make you ready, but there's some things in order that you need to do in order for you to be ready. There's some things that you need to give up. There are some things that you need to sacrifice. Hold on, there might be some people you need to walk away from in order to live out the blessing and the calling that I've called upon your life. Isn't that still our struggle today? Come on, that everyone wants change, but not everyone is willing to do what's necessary to change. That everyone wants breakthrough, but not everyone is willing to do what's necessary to actually break through. That everybody wants revival, but not everyone is willing to do what it takes to experience it. Everybody wants to be blessed, but nobody wants to be bored. That's good. Everybody wants it, but just not everybody's willing to do what it takes to get it. That's why I think it's so important to point out what Moses was, do, what, what Moses was doing when God spoke to him what Moses was doing when God called him to lead. And listen, what I'm about to share with you to date has been the most valuable lesson I've learned in my life. Oh, you exaggerating guest preacher. No, I'm not. What I'm about to share with you has been the most valuable lesson I've learned in my life. Here it is, watch, look at chapter three again. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that even though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. I want you to see something. Moses wasn't looking for a burning bush. Moses was just tending sheep. He was just being faithful with what he already had. Goodness. I said he was being faithful with what he already had. Listen, verse 30 said, that day. You remember say that day. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. But long before that day, Long before that day took place, long before Moses was leading millions into the promised land, he was leading in obscurity sheep to a pasture, just doing what he was asked to do and doing it faithfully. My God, if you'll get this word, what are you doing right now that will prepare you for what's next? What are you doing right now? We're so concerned with what's next. And I love what's next. And I'm a visioneer and a big picture guy and the list goes on and on. But if I'm so concerned about what's next that I forget about what's now, God will not allow me to experience what's next. Do you understand? We wanna lead millions to the pasture, or excuse me, to the promised land, but we don't wanna lead sheep to the pasture. God says there's some things that you need to do. I think it's important to see that when you don't know exactly where you need to do, what, what you need to do, you need to listen to God, godly counsel and godly authority in your life. Just listen to them. Moses is just doing what his father-in-law Jethro told him to do. Teenager, hear me out. I know you think your mom and dad are lame, but they love you more than anything on this planet and they want what's best for you. Just listen to them. Young woman, I know that you're proud and you've done your own thing and you've accomplished so much all by yourself already. But listen to that seasoned woman who's been there and done it and just do what she says. We need to. 
to the person who's at the bottom of the pit. I know you're proud, but I also know that you're hurting and you are where you are perhaps because you're trying to do the same thing that you've always done and you've ended up in the same place you've always ended up. Listen to somebody else. Let them speak into your life. Surround yourself with people who love you and love God and want what's best for you. I know you don't understand right now, but they say, I promise you it's what's best for you. You might not always understand the plan. You might not always understand why Mr. Miyagi said to wax the car, Daniel's son, come on. But you just gotta wax on, wax off. Can we do it together? Come on, wax on. Wax. No, I made it. Come on, wax on. There we go. Wax off. You say, Pastor, I feel like you're talking straight to me. Well, that's the Holy Spirit talking. But you got anything else? Yes, I do. Listen, don't expect a burning bush if you're not willing to tend sheep. That's kind of my sermon in a nutshell. Don't expect a burning bush if you're not willing to tend sheep. What will you do while you wait for what you want? What will you do while you wait for what God promised you would happen? If you remember, he, uh, he anointed uh, David king long before he appointed him king. And, he did, and David tended sheep too. Thank you, Lord, for that comparison right there. He did what was necessary. Watch what happens. Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, that, what is that in your hand? And Moses said, a staff. What's interesting is that God hears Moses's hypothetical turmoil, this exaggerated hypothetical, what if they say this? What if they do that? You know, and we've all been there and we've done what Moses has done. And God responds to him in such a different way. You'd think it would be this, you know, well, rest. You'd think, you know, just lie in my lap or play the harp and I'm gonna sing a hymn. No, no, God gives him a command. God asks him a question that he does not understand at the time. Listen, it's like my daughter, when we try to like uh, give her medicine to, to this day, you know, she's seven years old, almost eight years old. Like, hey baby, it's time to take the medicine. It's like, oh my God, no. It's like, no, baby, like, it's literally like, a hey, whatever the little 10 milli, like it's this, Done. I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, cause like just, she's like, hey, sweetie, it's two in the morning. Just take the, no, I'm sorry. Hey, just, hey, let me just, you know, like you're holding her nose. You know, it's like, just take the medicine. And every time, y'all think I'm like, every time, every time, every time she drinks it, every time. Well, that wasn't so bad. I know. Cause I've been there. I've done it. I've seen it. We say, God, what if, what if, what if? And he walks us through it. And a lot of times we get to the other side and go, God, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Or we get to the other side and we say, God, that was pretty bad, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. You liar, you crazy person, you fraud, he says. But then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Would you bump your neighbor and ask him, what's in your hand? Come on, ask him, what's in your hand? Hopefully a pen, because they've been taking so many notes. They're like, what's in your hand? Hey, listen, what has God gifted you right now that he wants you to walk with, that he wants you to work with? Will you work while you wait? Will you be faithful with what he's given you right now? 
This question was asked to Moses and it's still asked to us time and time again. What is in your hand? Let me paraphrase. Listen, what do you have? What are you supposed to be a steward of right now? What are you supposed to be praying for right now? We say, God, please use me. God, please bless me. God, please come through. And God says, you want me to? We say, yes. And he says, all right, what's in your hand? Well, God, that's not the answer I was looking for. I just wanted you to part the sea. He says, well, first you got to tend some sheep. What's in your hand? Then the Lord said, throw it on the ground. So we threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. And don't hate on my boy Moses because I would run from it if it was a snake too. But anyways, the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and he caught it and it became a staff in his hand. Do this so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. What do you have in your hand and what are you doing with it? What has God commanded you to do right now? What has God asked you to do right now that you're wondering, you've got so many questions about, you don't feel significant enough or educated enough or experienced enough. You've only been a Christian for a couple of months. What is God asking you to do right now? And you've given every single excuse in the book. God says, I got you. As long as I'm with you, you're all right. He says, listen, I'm never gonna leave you or forsake you. I know they left you and I know they forsake you. He says, but I never will. He says, you can trust me. It's a scary thing to be used by God. And just like Moses throwing that staff and it turning into something incredible, something unbelievable, a miracle. And we throw it down, hopefully it's not a snake for God's sakes, but it will turn into something incredible if we obey, if we throw it down. We say, God, I'm scared. And he says, I understand. You're moving into uncharted territory. Perhaps you're doing things in your life that nobody in your family has ever done. Maybe you've lost friendships. Maybe you're still trying to just figure this whole thing out like the rest of us, by the way. And it's scary and there's full of doubts. Starting a series next week on mental health that'll really just kind of wrap up and really just laser focused on what we need to focus on and what we need to do to overcome the battle of our minds. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, against rulers, against darkness in the spiritual realm that we cannot see. And so when we start to win that battle, that's when we start to win this battle. What do you have? I don't know what everyone has. I don't. I don't know everybody here today, and I definitely don't know everybody watching online, but I do know this, that God wants to take what's in your hand. And just like that staff, he wants to turn it into something amazing that will deliver not just you, but deliver others. Did you know sometimes you go through what you go through to help others go through what you went through? Be faithful, be a good steward. Can he trust you with it? Can he trust you with more? A passage in Matthew chapter 25, it says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. So now I will put you in charge of many things. Come share in the joy of your master. This scripture is so foreign to people who have been grown and raised in a lazy culture. And that's one thing that we, need, we struggle with right now. We're teaching 
our kids or a generation that they, they want the blessing and they need the blessing, but we haven't taught them the value of tending sheep. There are some things that you gotta do that are hard. Everybody might not get a trophy and you might not get a hug just because your mom and dad whined to the coach. Listen, there's some things that you gotta do that are hard. There's some disciplines that you have to take, that you have to put in place in your life to experience the blessing that God wants for you. And so I just wanted to tell you today that God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? I wanted to tell you block church that blessings are coming, that breakthrough are coming, that buildings are coming. Just don't get bored. I know you're working hard. I know you're grinding, but don't get bored. It's like, man, we are far from bored around here. I know. Just expect the blessing to come. It will come. Why? How? Because God said it would. And God is true to his word. I said, God is true to his word. Would you stand with me? Would you pray with me? God, we believe in this moment that you are true to your word. God, we believe that you are the promise keeper. God, that if you said it, you meant it. And God, we also believe that if you said it, there was a reason that you spoke it. And so God, I speak truth and I speak blessing and I speak favor over my brothers and sisters right now. God, people who are grinding, who are doing the things when nobody else is looking, who are believing in faith when it's hard to believe in faith. I believe that the floodgates of heaven are upon the block church. I believe they are weeks, maybe months away from experiencing things that they've prayed for for years because they've done the boring things. They've done the hard things. They got up and they worked when nobody was looking. They stayed late when nobody asked them to. God, they prayed and they fasted and they gave. God, I pray for those that, uh, that are at this church that are looking around even now and saying, this is unique. This is different. This is special. God, I pray that they would call this place their home and I pray that they would do what's necessary to move the ball forward. God, to see the things that you have seen. And God, I pray that we would just for a moment be able to grasp that no eye is seen, no ear is heard what you have prepared for us. God, we are sowing today and we'll reap harvest on this side and I can't wait for it. But God, to get to the other side and to experience people, to meet people, to have people hug our necks and shake our hands and say, I'm here because you served. I'm here because you gave. I'm here because you never stopped praying for me. God, I pray that you would light a fire in our hearts today. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the pastors. I thank you for the leaders here. God, we love you. We thank you. And we pray that we would fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. He's the only one. And God, when our eyes are on Jesus, it's really, really hard to get distracted by all the things of this world. So we pray that and we mean that. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories, and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.